Well, because the um the mics go like crossover, so right, right, they right, should right. they should sort of catch ah. us on the sides. Ooh, there's a rumble. Strip. I will try not to rumble strip. Us. <laughs> right, I yeah. don't get it. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Just a couple of notes before we get into this week's episode. I do want to note that we had we did record it in a car um, driving on Highway 21. So it was um, a little bit, there's a little bit more background hum than usual. Do want to apologize for that. Um, but we were really excited to be reviewing the performance of Carmen in the Badlands Amphitheater presented by Mercury Opera and Opera Classica Europa. Um, I did want to note that uh, the roles of Don Jose was played by um, Boris Darrow. Uh, Michaela was Lona Moore Villadson. And um, we also had uh, Fresquita, um, who we mistakenly refer to as Francesca uh, later in the episode. That was played by Michaela Chiste and Mercedes, played by um, a fantastic Rebecca Cuddy. So um, and please enjoy the rest of the episode. I just wanted to get those out of the way off the bat. Um, yeah, and uh, hopefully we'll go on some more road trips and get a little more practice at this soon. Thanks again, guys. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome to I Don't Get It, a podcast about performance in Edmonton and beyond, I guess. And beyond. Um, I'm Paul. I'm Fonda. And uh, we're happy to be part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. We sure are. Where are we, Fonda? Well, we're somewhere between Stetler and Edmonton. <laughs> right. And what are we coming back from? We're coming back from seeing... Carmen in the Badlands Amphitheater. Right, right, right. In uh, Drumheller. Yeah, and it, that was so. It was a um, a co-production between um, Opera uh, Opera Classica Europa and um, Edmonton's Mercury Opera. Right, right. And the the Badlands Amphitheater uh, does does concerts all the time, but is perhaps best known for being the the site of the the Passion Play, which happens every year, every summer, and has for twenty five years. Um, it is sort of massive. Uh, volunteer-led uh, passion play. Yeah, it's the Jesus play. Yeah, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, and you know, some of that set is permanent, <laughs> so it's like sort of on a castle with crenelled tops. And, yeah, and uh, what a setting, you know. Like it's it was it's been a beautiful drive. It yeah. was a lovely area to see. I'd never been to the Badlands Amphitheater before. Oh, what did you think? What were your first impressions of the, the amphitheater? Um, I, I mean, I knew it would be big, but I just looking at the staging area, I thought, man. That's a really big space to fill, um, even just, you know, sound-wise. Yeah. <laughs> and absolutely. for opera, that ends up being, you know, quite important. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, it's a 2,500-seat amphitheater. They say it's, uh, we were reading in the program notes, it's about six acres wide. Sure, yeah. Um, or it covers an area of mm -hmm. six acres, which is four and change football fields. Sure, yeah. Um, so that was, um, you know, as a performer, I can imagine it's kind of intimidating if you've never performed in a, a space of that scope before. Sure, yeah. And I would also say, just as a quick uh, aside, like uh, I've never, especially for an outdoor space, it was incredibly accessible in terms of uh, there were ramps for everything. There was lots of uh, access for wheelchairs, even though it's an outdoor amphitheater. Um, it seemed very well designed with... Uh, from the audience side of it, and just whoever can can come here. There's no uh, limits. It seems um, 
that's overselling it. There are, of course, limits, but uh, it seemed very well designed for the idea of accessibility. Yeah, it was it was really well designed, and I would like to um, uh, give shout-out and kudos to the volunteers who park everyone so expertly yeah. that it is, like, in a, in a just, like, a blank space that, um, yeah, anyone can drive out at any point, and it's not really, like, you know, a huge, a huge mess yeah yeah it was well, actually pretty impressive when we, were, when we were pulling in it was sort of like really do you want us to go all the way up and make a straight line they wanted it in like sort of diagonals but it was like ah i yes. thought i thought it was masterfully done so yeah. that's enough about the parking right god we always end up talking about parking ah, but we didn't even get into the food oh yeah. man that street corn uh yeah so, they had a spanish uh inspired menu right yeah yeah, so, yeah. The, the street corn was really good. Yeah. It made Paul's day. You it guys. really, it really did. It was just like covered in like a creme of mayo with some feta and like a paprika. It was. It seemed to be anyway. Neither here nor there. Um, let's talk about the opera, the show. Um, so yeah, what were your first impressions of of Carmen in the Badlands? Well, so Carmen. I mean, I've seen a few opera shows now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was excited to see Carmen because it's one of those operas where you really do know the music. Oh yeah. Um, so, like so much of it is recognizable from many parts of pop culture, mm-hmm. and the role of Carmen is a nice, juicy one. It's not your typical heroine sung by a mezzo soprano. Um, so you know, I was excited to see just kind of like how they were gonna pull this off in such a in like insanely cavernous space. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And and the answer seemed to be uh mics. They were mic'd. Um Yeah, yeah. Opera is not always mic'd. So um I think that was one of the things that I mean <sighs> So the performance started off on a, like, it was a fairly nice night. It was wind, really windy, though. And I thought that the sound issues that they were having would kind of go away if the wind would just ease up. And then it did. And then the mic stuff was still just, like, not getting much better. Yeah. So, so that was kind of, that was that was a little bit disappointing. Mm-hmm. This um, was the first time they've done the opera in the Badlands. And it felt like a real a real learning experience in terms of some of the technical side of it. Yeah, yeah. But overall, I mean, I would say that uh, I loved uh, particularly the female cast. Their performances were great. You could there, you know, you could actually hear them very clearly. They they did fantastic. Carmen and her two friends, Mercedes, and what's the other one's name? Uh, looking it's like it up. Francesca. It starts, it starts with an F. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, Francesca. Francesca. Yeah, nailed it. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, <laughs> um, but they were like they were fantastic roles, really nicely sung. Um, and you know, and uh, Boris Darrow as uh, Don Jose, I thought he did a very good job too. Um, but yeah, well, what do you think of the story of Carmen? Have you seen opera? Uh, I've seen a bit of opera, and I, I have seen versions of Carmen before. Um, never in the Badlands, as that hasn't happened before. Um, yeah, it's sort of like the. The, this love triangle of, uh, you know, passion and jealousy, um, you know, uh, dude is in love with the city girl, but then, you know, like sensual Carmen shows up and, uh, and he, he goes off with her and then they, they fight and it all, it all ends in tragedy, oh, yes, of course. Yes, the yes. sweet city girl, Michaela. Yeah, yeah, She's excellent. She's the soprano, uh, really nice yeah, excellent soprano. performance, excellent voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's that sort of like tragedy where, you know, not everybody, but the pr- many principles or a- some of the principles die and uh, you know uh, all of it is just an excuse to have sort of these beautiful you know songs you know these incredible emotional range and to sort of you know put this cast through the ringer so they they get to have those those 
tormented songs and those passionate songs. Yeah, and I mean, even beyond the main characters, they did have a cast of about 40 up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was, the chorus was really well-rounded out. Um, you know, so when they're doing, like, the big scenes where there's a lot of people, say, going to the bullfight and things like that, yeah. like, it really does look like a small town parading through <laughs> the, yeah. the Badlands. Yeah, it's great. and I think one of the, the nicest moments staging-wise in that space was sort of the top of Act 2, sort of after the intermission, when um, everyone sort of crests over a hill because um, it's, you know, the, we're with the smugglers now and it's months later and it's sort of like them just sort of roving the countryside. But yeah, everyone's sort of setting up their camp and that. Uh, yeah, and they're and they're really outside, sitting in the grass on this like beautiful hill, backdrop by the Badlands. It was like yeah. it looked fantastic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Also, there was a li- live orchestration we haven't touched on yet, but it was yeah. just sort of like beautifully done, and they sort of had a tent to themselves off off to the side um, to to ensure they you know wouldn't wouldn't mess with them too much. But uh, that live orchestration is always a treat. Um, it was. Uh, Beautifully conducted by a person whose name is uh, Franco Giacosa. Giacosa? Giacosa, yeah, it looks like that, yeah. Franco Giacosa, uh, who is uh, apparently conducted throughout Europe. Yeah, so the cast, uh, a lot of them were from Europe. Um, I know the... um, Carmen, played by Anna Goma, she's from Spain, mm-hmm. um, and then our Escamillo, our Toreador, he was—he's uh, from Ukraine. Yeah, 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 Ukrainian baritone, uh, and he was great. He, he really anchored uh, anchored things. It's funny though. For we we talked a little bit about sort of some of the tech issues uh, when it wasn't quite there. When when there were issues with the mic, uh, the mics. It was still interesting to hear like how much of an opera voice can come through in that massive space. Mm-hmm. It's like oh, that is a that is a powerful voice. These are powerful voices. Yeah, when there was no wind and there was no mic, you could still like very clearly hear like a very quality. Um, some good quality voices there. Yeah. So. Uh, what was I was kind of interested in um, the second half. You know, as the sun really goes down, <laughs> I I was, couldn't figure out how they were going to light the space because there was no there's no really like visible lights in uh, on the stage apron. Yeah, they're small sort of like foot foot lamps. Yeah, they kind of like washed with foot light, like all these LED foot lights yeah, which yeah, yeah. change color and stuff. And then they did like one. There was one follow spot, sort yeah. of like from the from the top of the hill at the back. Yeah, when people were sneaking around through the hill and sneaking back. <laughs> yeah, when, when yeah. We needed to see them. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, and you know, the very ending of the play, it's no secret what happens at the end of Carmen. So whatever. Carmen dies. <laughs> yeah, Don Jose is like insanely jealous, and he kills her. Um. So yeah, boo. Toxic masculinity. <laughs> toxic, more for toxic masculinity. Um, but, I mean, it ended up, it was very beautifully um, beautifully done by the end. Because it's, you know, full dark and everything in this spot just kind of, like, um, you know, really shrinks yeah, in yeah, on yeah. them. And then, you know, blinks off and you're like, wow, I'm in the dark now and I can see the stars. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's like a it's a cool thing. I hope I hope it happens again. I hope uh, opera um, comes back to the amphitheater there uh, with a couple lessons learned, maybe about about tech and 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 mics and, and writing that. Yeah, I mean, this was one performance only, so yeah. I, I and I don't know to be honest how much of a tech run they got in the actual space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have a feeling that it was pretty much in and out in a single day yep, for, yep, for the cast and, and crew. So, I mean, yeah, it, it, you know, for, you know, for a good three hour drive and stuff like that, like it was, it was a good show. Um, but yeah, I just really would have liked to, um, 
have some of those audio issues ironed out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. But but such is the way. Yeah. Um, now, how about we 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 do an ad, Fonda? I think I think you could do that. <laughs> Great. On this month's episode of the Well Endowed Podcast, you'll hear how a scholarship that was set up in memory of Don Snyder is helping FolkFest volunteers pursue their post-secondary education. You can also learn how the Terra Center is integrating Indigenous cultural learning into its support for young parents, and how Alberta Helping Animal Society is supporting vulnerable Edmontonians by providing care for their companion animals. To listen and find out more about Edmonton Community Foundation's Well Endowed Podcast, visit thewellendowedpodcast.com. This summer, you can hear podcast talk on the good old-fashioned live radio. Karen Unland from the Alberta Podcast Network, and that's a thing, will be making podcast recommendations on CBC throughout the summer. Catch your chat about podcasts of all kinds on Tuesday afternoons on CBC Calgary's The Home Stretch and on CBC Edmonton's Radioactive. For more info about Karen's That's a Thing podcast and all our APN pals, visit albertapodcastnetwork.com. All right. Um, Hello, Paul. Thank you. So, listings. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I mean, it's summer, you know. It's <laughs> there's summer. Not, there's not as much happening. Yeah, on August 9th and 10th, the uh, Brian Hold Webb... Hold on, I got, a, I got a railway coming up here. It's going to be loud. Boom, boom. There we go. Okay. Great. Uh, on Alberta 9th and 10th... On Alberta. On August 9th and 10th, uh, Brian Webb Dance Company is presenting a new work called Place at the Theatre Lab in Allard Hall. It's a collaboration with filmmaker Kyle Anderson and composer Mark Templeton... Mark Templeton rules. He makes cool, like, soundscape uh, abstract stuff. And this is about Brian's life as a young man growing up uh, in, in the Badlands. Awesome. Hey, Like cool. in the prairies. Great. Get it on the uh, amphitheater stage. Speaking of Badlands, what else is happening, Paul? Um, speaking of Badlands, which is where you find dinosaurs, the theme of the Fringe this year, Fringosaurus Rex, is uh, upon us. And by the theme, I mean the Fringe is upon us. August 16th to 26th at various locations throughout Old Strathcona and the city. It's the Fringe. 200-some shows. Uh, all of the all of the theater happening. Check it out. And uh, if you're an artist uh, and you're looking at the season ahead uh, and looking for somewhere to send your listings, send them to us at idgi dance. Thank you at gmail.com. We'll put that in the show notes as well. Yeah, <laughs> nice, easy, clickable link. Um, yeah, we want to compile as much as we can. Well. I guess we're just going to enjoy the rest of this scenic drive. Fonda. This is an incredibly scenic drive. Paul, we live in an amazingly beautiful province. Oh, yeah. Prairie skies forever. This has been great. Well, thanks, everyone. Go go see some stuff. Bye. I Don't Get It is a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or check us out on albertapodcastnetwork.com or the CKUA radio app. I Don't Get It is recorded on Treaty 6 territory in Edmonton, Alberta in the Edmonton Community Foundation's podcast studio. Our theme music is Mountain Time by Ghibli, and you can find more of Ghibli's music by going to ghibli.bandcamp.com. I Don't Get It is produced by Andrew Paul, Fonda Mithrush, and Paul Blenov. <laughs>